Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Mystery and thrilling adventure have filled the lives of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen on their cruise around the world aboard the last of the clipper ships, the Clara M. In our last episode, we heard how, following a tremendous storm, during which the captain was badly injured, the crew mutinied under the leadership of a sailor named Limey. Only after they had completely taken the ship did Superman step in and save the situation. As our last episode ended, we heard how Cheek Barnaby, peg-legged first mate aboard the Clara M, persuaded Clark Kent not to have the men thrown into irons. Our scene is now the crew's quarters of the ship, where Teak Barnaby is talking to the men. Listen. Holds. Every last one of you. And the biggest fool of all is Limey there. The man that persuaded you to mutiny. These men and myself are scared of what's going to happen, that's all. Every man jack of us is wanted by the authorities, you know that. What's going to happen when one of the officers on board the San Jose spot us, eh? You're going to all keep out of sight as much as possible. How can we keep out of sight? The time comes to transfer the old man in the stretch, eh? I can just see it in my mind's eye. A couple of the lads helping to get the captain down into the motor launch they'll send over. One of the officers in that launch saying sudden like, Off a moment, good fella. Ain't I seen you somewheres before? Devil take me, I don't see you. You don't see. Well, I do. What happens after that is an investigation, that's what. An investigation of every man aboard this here ship. There'll be no investigation while I'm master here. Yeah, that's what you say. You don't believe me, eh? No, I don't. Well, then, let me remind you of one thing. When I paid you men to sign on here, I promised you that no harm would come to you. And so far, I've kept my word. You know what Mr. Kent wanted to do with you men? He wanted to turn you over to the officers of the San Jose and have the Clara M escorted into Caracas. You all know what that would mean. An investigation. That's you what... and your investigation. It would mean prison. Prison for the rest of your natural lives. And maybe hanging for some of you. I tell you, we ain't going to expose ourselves by letting the officers aboard the San Jose spot us. I said I take care of that. That's what you say. I've got a job to do. And you've all been paid to help me do it. You'll take the ship when I give the word, and no sooner. Do I make my meaning clear? And don't forget it, neither. Now, as I was saying... Wait a minute. What is it? Quiet. Quiet. Someone listening at the door. Keep talking. I'll throw this door open seven, Mike, and we'll find out who it is. Oh, gosh. Well, Jim. Jim, lad. Come to pay us a visit, did you? Why, yes, Mr. Barnaby. I, I thought I'd drop in for, for a talk. Right kind of you, lad. But why didn't you walk right in, lad? Afraid to break in on our conversation, were you? Why, no. That is, I just got here. I, I didn't even know you were talking to the men. Of course, there wouldn't be no reason why you shouldn't break in on us. Now, would there? No, sir, there wouldn't. Of course not. And, uh, <laughs> suppose you did overhear a word or two. There'd be no reason to go and, uh... Tell Mr. Kent. Now, would they? No, sir. They wouldn't. 
Uh, Irish, hey, uh, hand me that knife on that whetstone. Uh, sure, then, Mr. Barnaby, you'd Hand me that knife, bless you, and that sharpener stone. What, what are you going to do, Mr. Barnaby? Just going to sharpen this knife, lad. <laughs> Look at that blade, lad. Nice and long and sharp. It'll be real sharp when I get done with it. Why? Why are you sharpening it? Always got to sharpen a knife before you use it, Jim. It cuts cleaner. Does its work quicker. I guess I'll be getting up on deck now. Now, now, don't go. Don't go. Not yet a while, lad. Stay and talk with me and the boy. That's what you come down here for, didn't you? Yes, but I... There, there. there she's nice and sharp now. <laughs> Beautiful knife, ain't she? Just uh, feel the edge of it. Oh, thanks. I... Well, I guess she's about ready to do the job I planned for her. So then... Mr. Barnaby, listen. I won't say anything about what I heard on my word of honor. I won't. I'll forget everything honest. Honest, I will. Oh, now, lad. What's to get excited about? Had old Teak Barnaby said about chopping a knife to whittle himself a new leg without you getting excited? Is that what you're going to use the knife for? Well... What else would I use it for, lad? I didn't know. My wooden leg uh, was bad splintered, you know. I'm just able to get around on it. It won't last much longer. Got to whittle myself a new one. Of course, knife can be put to other uses, too. For instance, I remember once when I sailed in a good ship, Sea Wolf, one of the crew... Uh, Talked a little too much. And one morning they found him. Huh? Well, that must be the San Jose. He arrived at St. Captain off at last. Run along, lad, and tell Mr. Kent I'll be on deck in short order. And uh, that's all you tell him. Understand? Aye, sir. Aye. I... Jimmy, Irish, on deck. I'll be wanting you two to lower the captain overside. We'll be spotted, that's what. And that's what you're open to. Keep your faces turned and no one will question you. Get going. Hey, Mr. Barnaby, the lad, do you think you'll talk about where you were held here? Have no fear. He'll do no talking. I'll see to that. Well, Senor Kent, your capitan is safely aboard our launch, so we shall be leaving you. You are sure there is nothing further we can do for you? Oh, we're indebted to you as it is, Senor Alviro. Tell your captain for me how sorry we are to have given him this trouble. Oh, no trouble. The courtesy of the sea, Senor Kent. Uh, oh, oh, Senor Barnaby. Yeah, yeah, Senor. Uh, those two men of yours who assisted in putting your capitan aboard the launch. One of them I seem to have seen somewhere. Uh, could I have a word with him, please? Well, I... Which uh, one do you mean, Senor Alvarez? Uh, that one there. Oh, Limey. Oh, Mr. Kent, Limey's got a good deal to do below deck. Oh, this I... will take but a moment, Mr. Barnaby. Is anything wrong, Senor Alvaro? Uh, Senor Kent, uh, it's just that... Um, no, no, I, I must be mistaken. Huh? I just thought for a moment... Uh, yes? Do not worry about it. I was wrong. And the quicker we get your capitan aboard the San Jose, the better. So I shall be off. Adios, Senor Kent. Goodbye. And again, thank you for all you've done. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Muchas gracias. 
He's overside, Mr. Kent. We'll be getting underway. Very good, Captain Barnaby. Where's ship? Where's ship? Thanks to the main bracing. Here on the main suit. I'll shoot it, Jim. Oh, Jimmy. Yes, Mr. Kent. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why, nothing, sir. Oh, you can't fool me, Jim. There's something on your mind. During the entire time, Senor Alviro from the San Jose was aboard, you kept in the background, sort of looking as if, well, as if you wanted to say something and didn't dare. Did I? You sure there's nothing wrong? No. Honest, not a thing. Well, when you make up your mind to tell me what it is, let me know. But, Mr. Kent, I tell you... Jim, I know you too well to be fooled. You're worried about something. Something you feel you can't talk to me about. Well, if you don't want to tell me, well, that's all right. Just remember, though, that I'm ready to help you any time I can. Gosh, Mr. Kent, it isn't that I don't want to tell you, but... Well, then why don't you tell me Well, we're on the way, Mr. Kent. Well, looks like you and the lad are having a little heart-to-heart talk. No, on the contrary, Barnaby. Jimmy here refuses to tell me what's on his mind. Something, uh, worrying the lad? I'm afraid so. Well, maybe it's something he'd rather keep to himself. Eh, lad? What? Yes. Yes, Mr. Barnaby. After all, Mr. Kent, a secret's a secret. Hey, lad? (laughs) Oh, I I didn't mean to pry. If I know Jimmy, he'll tell me what's on his mind in good time. Oh, he will, eh? Well, what do you say to that, lad? Oh, no. I mean, that is... Lad, you're all messed up. (laughs) Here, now, we'll take your mind off your troubles. Let old Teach show you a new trick. Here now, let's see. Uh, uh, eh? There we are. A little matchbox. A little wooden matchbox. What are you giving it to me for? Well, you just take it over near the deck house there. Go along now, and I'll show you a trick. Okay, but I wish I knew what you're going to do. What are you going to do, Barnaby? Just a harmless little trick. All right, lad. Just hold the matchbox up now. Eh? That's right. Now, then... It's going to be that night. Uh, how's that, eh? <laughs> Clipped the matchbox out of the lad's hand and pinned it to the wall with me knife. Don't ever do that again, Barnaby. Huh? Just a little trick, Mr. Kent. A harmless little trick. Trick or not, you might have hit Jimmy with that knife. Accidents happen. Not with old Teak Barnaby. I never hurt no one by accident yet. No, sir. Never yet hurt no one by accident. Well, there's no mistaking Teak Barnaby's meaning. Jimmy's in a pretty bad spot. What would you do? Would you tell Clark Kent what you overheard in the crew's quarters? Well, be sure to hear the next episode in the thrilling adventure of the sea with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a plane. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Well, what do you make of this uh, Superman business? Episode 177, March 28th, 1941. The last of the Clipper ships, 11. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. We open this episode with Teak Barnaby addressing the men who staged a mutiny last episode in the crew's quarters, calling Limey the biggest fool of them all since he was the one who persuaded them to mutiny. What does Limey have to say for himself? Every man jack of us is wanted by the authorities, you know that. What's going to happen when one of the officers on board the San Jose spot today? Limey is afraid that there will be an investigation. An investigation, that's what. I imagine an investigation would be akin to an investigation. I think Limey is just being difficult when he mispronounces words, like when he calls the San Jose liner the San Jose. Most, if not all, the crew are wanted men. And we find out in this episode that Teak must have had knowledge of that, because when he signed them on, he said that no harm would come to them. And he mentioned that if the men were turned in, they would be imprisoned. And maybe some of them would be hung. Teak also says he has a job to do, that the men have been paid to help him do, and that they will take the ship when he says, and not sooner. He seems to have gained control of the men when he realizes that someone is eavesdropping on their conversation. We find out that it is Jimmy Olsen. Teak is concerned with what Jimmy may have overheard, and he doesn't want Jimmy to tell Clark anything, so he resorts to sharpening his knife as a scare tactic. Just going to sharpen this knife, lad. <laughs> Look at that blade, lad. Nice and long and sharp. It'll be real sharp when I get done with it. Why? Why are you sharpening it? Always got to sharpen a knife before you use it, Jim. It uh, cuts cleaner. Does its work quicker. Here's what I have to say about Teak Barnaby. He's kind of a scary man. If this scene was being played out in a visual medium, I would have the camera zoom in on Jimmy's face. He would be forming beads of sweat and gulp. Ooh. If I heard a gulp, that scene would have been perfect. But Jimmy is trying to keep it together. Where's Clark Kent? The episode doesn't tell us, but I presume Clark is by Captain Hawkins keeping him alive and preparing him to be moved to the San Jose when it arrives. I know this is 1941 and Superman doesn't have the seasoned experience he will have later. But you would think he could use super hearing and x-ray vision. So let's just say he's being distracted by Captain Hawkins and isn't aware of what is going on in the crew's quarters. Teak Barnaby, having made his point, pun intended there, says he will use the knife to carve himself a new leg, since his current wooden leg is badly splintered and won't hold that much longer. And I have been wondering how he was getting along, imagining that he was using a crutch of some sort. When the San Jose does arrive... Teak Barnaby tells Limey and Irish to get on deck to lower Captain Hawkins' overside to the launch from the San Jose. And Limey is concerned they will be spotted by an officer and says that is what Teak is hoping for. But Teak just says for them to keep their faces turned and no one will question them. I think they should have been shaving if they had beards, or getting hats at least. 
if they know what their wanted posters look like, altering their appearance would be a good idea. Captain Hawkins, who we know has a long history with the Clar M, gets lowered overside and is going to be treated by a doctor on the San Jose. I don't expect Hawkins to be back in the last of the Clipper ship's story arc, but I would think he is going to do everything in his power to find the Clara M if he can recover enough strength, because the Clara M is probably the most important thing in his life, his mistress, for lack of a better term. I think he would marry the Clara M if he could. We have a nice exchange between Clark and Senor Alvaro, who is from the San Jose. Your Capitan is safely aboard our launch, so we shall be leaving you. You are sure there is nothing further we can do for you? Oh, we're indebted to you as it is, Senor Alviro. Sometimes I think Clark can be too polite for his own good. That, right there, was Clark's chance to ask for an escort to Caracas like he initially wanted to do. Ask for any armed men aboard the San Jose to help with the mutinous crew. Ask for Coast Guard assistance discreetly. He should have Jimmy with him and not set foot back on the Clara M. I would say for Clark to leave Jimmy with Senor Alvaro and have him catch a flight back to Metropolis if Clark wants to continue sailing aboard the Clara M. But that could also be sketchy, leaving Jimmy with people he doesn't know and in a foreign country. Clark may not know that the crew is full of murderers and thieves, but I do wish he would have at least turned Limey in. Senor Alvaro seems to recognize Limey and wants to have a word with him. Teak tries to dissuade this from happening, but even Teak should want Limey off the Clara M, because Limey was trying to take the ship in spite of Teak Barnaby last episode. Senor Alvaro inexplicably changes his mind, however, about wanting to question Limey, and says he must be mistaken, and seems to want to get away as soon as, soon as possible. I thought maybe Teak mimed a threat to Alvaro with his sharp knife, but now I think it is more likely that Alvaro recognized that the clipper ship is the Clara M, and fell victim to the mystique of the legends of the Whistler. So he took his leave. Teak wants to get underway after this, and Clark addresses him as Captain Barnaby, a promotion from first mate. Who will be the new first mate? I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be Limey. I can imagine Scotty McTavish thinking he should be based on his seniority, and he didn't mutiny. But he doesn't seem like one to complain. He just wants to smoke his pipe. Now that Clark isn't as concerned with Captain Hawkins, he finally checks up with Jimmy because he notices that Jim is distraught. Jim, I know you gave your word to Teak that you wouldn't say anything, but I give you my blessing when your life depends on it to break your word. My advice is to discreetly tell Clark when you can. Barnaby interrupts him, however, and decides to show Jimmy a trick, which we the audience know is yet another scare tactic, designed to menace Jimmy and keep him quiet. The trick also shows us that Teak has great prowess as a knife thrower. I think Teak went to the same comedy school as Comanche Joe. Comanche Joe was the character from the Howling Coyote story arc who shot the water bottle in Perry White's office with an arrow, just as Jimmy was reaching for it. This is where I put an asterisk and say, listen to episode 9 of Superman Radio Revisited if you haven't already or don't remember that. Okay, Back to this one, episode 57. The trick that Teak Barnaby did in this episode shows that he is a bit of a show-off, and I would say that he has shown himself to be a bloody wanker in this episode. I love it when Clark gets tough, and he told Teak Barnaby not to ever do that again. Speaking of the trick itself, we know Clark Kent is able to stop bullets, and he observed Teak throwing the knife towards Jimmy. 
To make this wash, I'm telling myself Clark was tracking the knife with his supervision and was able to tell that it wouldn't hit Jimmy's hand, but would have employed his super speed if necessary. However, I don't think Earth R Superman has been heard to be as fast as Superman in the comics. This would have been a big L for him if Jimmy was maimed, since he had the power to stop it. Teak says he has never hurt no one yet. By accident. Double negative alert! He has hurt someone! Earlier in this storyline, we know he could have killed Captain Hawkins with a Blaine pin if Clark didn't save Hawkins. Well, there's no mistaking Teak Barnaby's meaning. Jimmy's in a pretty bad spot. What would you do? Would you tell Clark Kent what you overheard in the crew's quarters? I'll be sure to hear the next episode of the stilling adventure of the sea with Superman. Outside the radio serial, what happened on March 28, 1941? According to OnThisDay.com, there was a historical event of a sea battle at Cape Matapan. British fleet under Cunningham defeats Italy. And there's a couple famous birthdays I'll mention. Alf Clausen. American orchestra leader and film and television score composer for shows such as Donnie and Marie, The Simpsons, Alf, born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And considering those choices, I'll probably play the theme song for Alf towards the end of the episode. Because Superman also is an alien life form. Charles Ray, Charlie, McCoy, American Grammy-winning session musician and harmonica player, hee-haw, born in Oak Hill, West Virginia. Thank you to Russell Bragg for sharing the last episode on Facebook and retweeting it as well, saying, Join Matt as continues the ongoing saga of Superman at Sea trying to keep Jimmy Olsen out of trouble. I also want to say thank you to JP Roca at OD Fashion Outlaw for the retweet. And I really appreciate Jack emailing me the Superman and Radio article from the April 1941 issue of Radio and Television Mirror. I've shared it on this podcast social media on Instagram, Twitter, at Radio Superman, and there is a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group I would love you to join. And I think that article is worth taking a look at. There's some great pictures, and it looks like it's a summary of events that happened in episodes 18 through 21 of the Superman Radio serial, Mystery in Dyerville. So those are also some ways to send feedback, comments, or questions and you can also send an email to eartharsuperman at gmail.com. And I welcome the interaction. I crave it. According to Spotify for Podcasters, my listener numbers are actually better than ever. If you wouldn't mind, please let me know how you found the show. If someone played my promo, for instance, I'd love to thank them. Please tell your friends about the podcast. You got a galloping tongue. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster in his copyright DC Comics. The theme song was Lament of the Last Clipper by Man's Ear. In all clips and music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. Thank you and goodbye.
just when you thought it was safe to hear a podcast promo. Brave and bold, comic books, JL May. Brave and bold, comic books, JL May. JL May, Brave and bold, comic books, JL May. The annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back and we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this May. JLMay do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic book do 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 Mephisto. Hey, that it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show.